in the criminal justice system, birthday cake stealing offenses are considered especially heinous. In the bubble, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Snitch Line Unit. These are their stories. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the 800th episode of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Yes, we've got a mystery on our hands. If you haven't heard the Derek Favors birthday cake story, I'll recap it quickly for you coming up here in a minute. And then we're also going to play Detective. We're going to try and figure out who stole Derek Favors' birthday cake because that's not a cool thing to do at all, and we demand justice. So we'll talk about that in the first segment. Then there is a big injury that affects the spot for eighth in the Western Conference. We'll look at that as well, and then we'll look at one of the Pelicans' role players and what they need to do going forward here in the bubble for the Pelicans to grab some wins. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So before we get to all of that, big thank you to anyone who's ever listened to the show. This is the 800, 800 episodes of Locked On Pelicans here. I've not been the host for all of it, but for like 750 of them, Brett Dawson, formerly of The Advocate, good friend of the show, uh, here took over original or was the original host and then left and I took over shortly after that. That is an amazing number. I appreciate everyone who's tuned in. If you've stuck with the show through some really rough years of the Pelicans, the Anthony Davis saga, some just crappy basketball in general, and now the past three, four months where we didn't have sports at all, but still kept tuning in. I really appreciate it. Just the fact that you want to make me part of your day in some capacity, whether it's you listen Monday through Friday, you listen once a week, what have you. There's a lot of you who do listen and the numbers have been up and I appreciate everyone making me part of their day and taking the time out to listen to the show means a lot thinking about some of the numbers with this. It's kind of mind blowing too. So I appreciate you all. If you're a new listener, thanks for tuning in. You know what we do here. We're going to be covering this team in every angle uh, about it. And we'll also try and have a little bit of fun like we're going to do today. And with that, I'm going to play that that clip again for you guys. The, the cold open of the show. In the criminal justice system, birthday cake stealing offenses are considered especially heinous. In the bubble, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Snitch Line Unit. These are their stories. So if you haven't heard, it was Derek Favors' birthday back on July 15th. He turned 29, which in and of itself kind of blew my mind. We're talking about crazy numbers here. If you told me he was turning like 38, I'd have believed you. 29. He was 28 for the entirety of this season. He turned 29 on July 15th, and as he and his teammates were getting ready to celebrate, they the rookies had already sung him happy birthday, and they were all about to have some cake. 
They arrived at the room where they have their meals in their designated meal room, and they get into the fridge and they re- or and they discover someone had stolen the cake. It's not there. We don't have a culprit in 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 custody just yet. And then even worse, they ordered like emergency cupcakes from somewhere so that they could celebrate Derek Favors' birthday and have something. And when they went to the fridge the next day to have cupcakes, there was only one cupcake left. So not only did someone steal Derek Favors' cake, but someone also stole the cupcakes that he and the rest of the team were going to have. This isn't cool at all. So there's a couple of theories I have about this. And I actually think I do have a culprit in mind for this. But this all occurred in the Yacht Club, the hotel, the resort that the Pelicans are staying at. So the other teams that were in there are the Portland Trailblazers, the Sacramento Kings, the Washington Wizards, Phoenix Suns, and the San Antonio Spurs. I don't feel like this is a thing that Monty Williams would encourage or do. I'm going to rule out the Suns here. I can't really name any players on the Wizards, so I'm going to rule them out too, just so I don't actually have to look that up. We'll do that on Friday. So it kind of comes down to the Blazers, the Kings, and the Suns. You know, it could potentially be the Kings, I think. De'Aaron Fox, you know, in his longstanding kind of joke of a rivalry with Lonzo Ball could make some sense that this is who decided to kind of take this into matters of his own hands. The Blazers make a whole lot more sense, right, for something like this. Drew Holiday uh, has just basically eaten the cake of, that was a terrible analogy with it, but like taking the cake away from Damian Lillard for like the past three seasons now, just shutting them down. So potentially it could be the Blazers' only way to get back at this team is to steal sweets, to steal a cake, to steal cupcakes, because they certainly can't get it done on the court. I don't think it's them. You know, that just kind of comes off so petty. Maybe it is. I I don't really know. You know, Melo's actually skinny right now, so I don't really think it's him. But I think this is a Spurs job. And if you know Greg Popovich or know about Greg Popovich, none of us really know him, I guess. He's got a history of playing practical jokes and joking around a lot. And I could easily see this being a thing that he would do. And he finds absolutely hilarious. Just stealing the cake, thinking it's really, really funny, and then being able to kind of stumble upon the cupcakes the next day, and then being able to take all of those. And if you're Popovich, you can go walk around and do whatever you want in here. No one's going to question you, right? I think back to the time where he played a joke on Shaq when Shaq was basically with the Suns, where he had done a -a hack-a-shack on him the end of their last game, and Shaq kind of complained and said some stuff to the media. And then on the opening play of the game, The next time these two teams played, he had his team intentionally foul Shaq and send him to the free throw line. It was literally 0-0. He had them foul him. And then as Shaq goes to the free throw line, you see him there with this huge smile on his face, giving two thumbs up to Shaq, thinking it's hilarious. Yeah, I could totally see Popovich stealing some cake. He's pretty good when it comes to the media. He jokes around a lot. He seems to have a very good sense of humor about this thing. So I think it's a Greg Popovich move. That's who I have kind of my eyes set on when it comes to this. We'll see if anyone rats him out on the snitch line, though. So we'll get into the injury news of the day and how this opens things up, like blows it wide open in terms of the Western Conference playoff race for the eighth seed and the ninth spot. But before we get to that, say it with me now. Sports are back. Yes, the Pelicans are back. The NBA is back. Baseball is back. 
I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind, my bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it, you love it, and that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds of all your favorite teams, and with the start of Major League Baseball and the NBA, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy, about as easy as it gets. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? The Pell's going to make it into that eighth spot? What about baseball or even the NFL? Be sure to check out MyBookie's World Series future bets, NFL future bets, because nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%, plus they're going to toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. That's free money they're giving you right there. All you got to do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. So big news out of the bubble is sad news. We never root for injuries, but there is an injury that throws the whole Western Conference playoff race basically wide open. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out for the remainder of the regular season or the seeding games and playoffs with a meniscus tear that he suffered in the game uh, the other night against New Orleans. We don't know the exact moment that it happened, but basically it was he made an unstable landing after making contact with a Pelicans player while contesting a shot, and that's what they said in the press release. He's 20 years old. He's been very good uh, on the season for the Grizzlies, and he's been very good for him for a very long time. And this throws the door wide open. This is a big loss. John Morant's probably their best player, but I wouldn't say Jaron Jackson Jr. is necessarily far behind him, at least right now. He's also a little bit older than him, been in the league a little bit longer. This is brutal for Memphis, who's lost their first three games in the bubble. So all of a sudden, when you look at the standings, we just assumed they were going to stay in eighth. And it was basically just fight for the ninth spot. And one of the teams that's been invited of the Portland Trailblazers, the Spurs, the Pels, the Suns, and the Kings would get that nine spot. I think the eight spot might be up for grabs right now, especially with how poor Memphis has looked during this opening three-game stretch for them. They have not won a single game. 0-3 And their four-game lead, three-and-a-half-game lead, is now down to two over the Portland Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are only two games back with them. In the games behind column, they're tied with the San Antonio Spurs, and the Pels are two-and-a-half back. That's a big deal. Now, the Portland Trailblazers are playing right now, so I don't know what that end result is going to be. It's a close game in the third quarter. But say Portland even loses or wins, they're only going to drop a half game back at that point, or if they lose, and they could go one game back. It could be that of these bubble bubble teams that I've been calling them, the teams not named Memphis Grizzlies that are fighting for playoff contention in the Western Conference, it might be two of them could get in or get into a play-in. When you look at the Grizzlies' schedule coming up, I don't know where they get a victory. They play the Jazz tonight, the Thunder on Friday, the Raptors Sunday, the Celtics Tuesday, and then the Bucks next Thursday. That Bucks game, it being the final one of the seeding games, maybe the Bucks only play their guys half the time and they lost to the Brooklyn Nets today because of something like that. That might be the only win they get or their most winnable game coming up potentially. I don't know if they win one of these. They like In theory, like odds say they should. They're not going to go 0-8 in this. That seems pretty hard to do in some capacity, but 
at the same point, I don't really feel good about their chances to maintain that eighth spot or even in nine. I think this could be a fight now between the San Antonio Spurs, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Pelicans for eight and nine, meaning two of the teams are going to get that. So all of a sudden, things look a whole lot better for New Orleans, despite the one and two, uh, the yeah, the one and two start that they've had here in the bubble. And don't even rule out a team like the Phoenix Suns. I think it's probably safe to rule out the Kings at this point, particularly if the Pelicans beat them on Thursday. That's going to basically put the nail in the coffin for that team. They're 0-3-2. The Phoenix Suns have won three games. They beat the Clippers yesterday. They're looking pretty good with Devin Booker looking like an absolute stud and uh, you know DeAndre Ayton being a solid two-way big. There's... Four teams in contention for both the eighth and ninth spot now, which is different when we thought it was really going to be two or three teams just competing for the ninth seed because we thought Memphis was going to get eight. I don't know if they get that anymore. They This is a big blow to them. And since that Clippers drubbing that they put on the Pels, everything, almost everything, not not quite everything, but almost everything has really broken their way. This sucks because you never want to root for injuries and Jaron Jackson Jr. is a fun player to watch, but this throws the door wide open. I don't think Portland gets it or uh, Memphis gets in, and I think you'll see another team take that eighth spot in these next three or four games and then have another team get that ninth spot, and all of a sudden the play-in tournament series, whatever you want to call it, doesn't involve the Grizzlies, which is wild to think about from even you know three games ago when that just didn't seem like it was going to be the case. So, wow, just huge blow to the Memphis Grizzlies with the loss of Jaron Jackson Jr. Before we talk role players, in particular Nicolo Melli, don't forget subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Here Monday through Friday for y'all 800 times to break down everything you want to know about this team. Hit the biggest stories, go in depth on what's happening with them and what they can do differently to give you some good solid basketball analysis out there like we're about to do. Wherever you get your podcast from, just search Locked On Pelicans. Please subscribe. Helps more than you realize. Leave a five-star review with a comment. Takes like 30 seconds to do. And tell a friend about the show. And whether you're a new listener or a longtime listener, it's been a fun ride here as host. And I just appreciate you all for taking the time to listen. So we talked yesterday about how J.J. Redick and Josh Hart really stepped up for New Orleans off the bench, combined for 31 points in the win over the Memphis Grizzlies. There's another role player that needs to also step up. So before we get to Nicolo Melli and like what he needs to do and why it's so important, you're going to start seeing this rotation get clamped down a little bit. Guys are going to lose minutes. In the game against the Memphis Grizzlies, you saw Frank play about two and a half minutes and Nikhil play about five. There's maybe going to be about five minutes combined for both of those guys. You didn't get any minutes for each one more in this one. And I think you're going to see Gentry go with a tight rotation from now on, particularly with Zion Williamson back and Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram looking pretty good. This means that you need these role players to step up. They've got to be people that do contribute. Josh Hart shows he can do it. J.J. Redick has shown he can do it. But another guy who's been getting minutes is going to continue to get minutes is Nicolo Melli. He's played about 20 per game or so, and he's not been good. It's unfortunate but during these three games in the bubble, he is 3 of 14 from the field, 21.4%, 1 of 10 from 3 for 8 total points. He does have 9 assists during that and just 3 rebounds. It's not going to get it done at all. That's like Ja Morant numbers from the other night, but actually worse than that. That's not good, right? He's got to do better than that, especially at 20 minutes per game. It's not like he's only playing like 5, 6, 7. 
He's playing significant minutes enough. And if he's going to go one of five every night, like that's not going to work for New Orleans. They need him to be a big that spaces the court. Go back to the beginning of the Memphis game when Zion was attacking relentlessly early on and he was trying to get in a rhythm and trying to get going. Remember how he just kept hitting a wall down low below the basket? He was scoring because he was going, getting fouled and going to the line, but he was not shooting well at that point in time in that game. And Memphis was keeping him away from the rim because the spacing in that starting lineup at times is just not good when Lonzo Ball isn't hitting shots. And that starting lineup of Lonzo, Drew, Ingram, Favors, and Zion, it doesn't work. Favors in particular mucks up the spacing. He does. You just have a non-shooting big that when they see Zion is moving, they can just try and wall him off. And you don't need to worry about Favors being open for three to burn you. Might be there for a dump off down low, but you'll live with that over an open three-point shooter. But putting Melly out there changes that dynamic. You have to account for him, and it's an open three-point shooter. And Zion, with his five assists, which ties a career high for him the other night, can maybe get him the ball. He's going to burn you if you just try and take away the drive from him. That's a big deal. But when Melly is going one of ten, yeah, you're you're less concerned about that as a defense. And so they really are going to need him to start making some threes and really be a factor out there on the court. The rebounding is going to be important too. We've seen some really poor defensive rebounding from the Pelicans in the bubble so far. And Melly's not a great defensive rebounder, but if you're a big, you're going to need to grab more than basically one defensive board per game in 20 minutes. That's not going to get it done. When New Orleans is giving up second chance points, their defense, which isn't great to begin with, isn't going to get those stops. And all of a sudden they're going to get buried. They're going to give up those second chance points. So your defense is even worse there. And then you're not going to get out in transition and run and turn defense to offense. Like Antonio Daniels repeatedly pointed out the other